Welcome to the Plant Rich Podcast, where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of the Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? Pennsylvania. And I'm out now walking the gardens to see the damage. It's so interesting because when the frost first comes and everything is crystalline and covered in the ice, it appears that everything is still alive and thriving. But once that frost melts, then the damage starts to become visible. And the actual loss from the freezing begins to reveal itself. Sort of a delayed death. So as of right now, I can only see the death of the morning glory vine. Everything else appears alive and well, but I know in the next few hours, more of the death will become visible to me. I can see the basil is likely dead, but still clinging to its greenness. This frost phenomenon has fascinated me for years. The way it signals death. It signals the life force of all the perennial plants to withdraw into the roots. Jack Frost. The kiss of the Kalyak. The message to die back. Prepare. Gather your forces into the subterranean world. Because the harder freezes are on their way. It's a warning shot. It gives time for the plants to muster their life force and direct it where they choose before the hard frost comes and all choice is taken from them. I've been quiet here on the podcast for quite a few weeks now. I haven't had any words to bring to you. And to those of you who've messaged me and checked in to see if I was okay, I really appreciate your care and kindness. I am okay. And I'm finding myself in a place of a lot of newness because of the losses I experienced over the summer and because of the fruits of years of therapy and spiritual guidance I have found myself confronted with uh, truths that live beneath the facades I've created to survive my life 
I've been pretty effective at dismantling those facades, those personas with the help of my therapist and my spiritual director and my friends. And now I'm sitting in the place of having to really face what is true underneath all of that reflexive, reactive, ingrained response to the world. It feels so much more comfortable to just keep acting out of that reflexive, ingrained place. The place where we are vigilant and manage our image and pretend that if we try hard enough we can appear perfect and no one has to know the truth of our vulnerability and our mediocrity and our weakness but life has taught me something in the past few months it has taught me that those places of mediocrity and weakness and need are what is actually real. And all of the striving for image and praise keeps us from touching the wise places inside us that actually know what's true and what's real and, and what matters. And I know I've talked about this kind of thing here on the podcast before. But like I've mentioned in other times throughout my journey, there's the difference between knowing things intellectually and having them actually rearrange the cells of your being. And in the past few weeks, I've been in the rearranging place where things I've known are changing the shape of who I am and how I am. So what does this have to do with plants and magic? I think a big part of what has gotten me to this rearranging place has been working with archetypes, archetypal energies, deities. We would call them deities in witchcraft. In particular, I was visited by the Morrigan over the summer. And she has very little patience for hiding <laughs> even when we're hiding behind good things like helpfulness or martyrdom or the kind of generosity that leaves our own lives unstable this dark queen has taken me by the shoulders and forced me to look deeply 
into all the things I've done in the world and to let myself see the truth about my intentions. The Morrigan comes for the slain in battle. Those who have given their all to the cause. And though I am physically alive, I do feel like there are parts of me who have given their all on the battlefield of life and it's time to lay them to rest. And the great queen has come to collect those parts of me. The parts of me that would have you believe I'm deeply wise or that I know something you don't. Or that I have some clear vision that we can rally behind together. Or that I can somehow protect myself or you or anyone from the pain and the challenge and the difficulty and the intimacy and the vulnerability of being alive. That I can somehow know enough about the herbs or the spells or the trappings of human nature to tell you or myself secret wisdom to protect you or to protect me. The parts of me that wanted that are dead on the battlefield of life. I've endured enough grief this year to know that there is nothing that can prevent that and that we shouldn't want to. Of course, we do the best we can to live long and healthy lives and to do what we can to support our dreams and desires and our vitality for ourselves and our loved ones. But the truth is that we will all have pain and there's nothing I can do to stop that for you or for me. We will all lose people we love. We will all lose versions of ourselves. Our protective mechanisms that in one moment feel like we're on top of the world eventually reveal themselves to be lacking because we are not on top of the world. We are within it, woven into it, like everything else. I've spent decades of my life striving for an answer, some kind of pattern or wisdom that I wanted to believe would protect me from pain, from loss, from sickness, that would give me insight or wisdom And those parts of me have run out of momentum here at this passage of midlife. And I realize that my obsession with understanding the deeper truths 
actually prevented me from showing up as a human in relationships that really mattered to me. Because instead of letting myself be real and vulnerable and mediocre and unsure, I projected an image of strength, which I thought was helping people, but was actually a shield I hid behind, preventing me from really even being there in the relationship. But the great queen has claimed that from me. And here I am in my mediocrity, in my uncertainty, in my fallibility, in my short-sightedness, in my failures and in my regrets. And what I'm discovering in that place, letting myself turn toward the fears and the weakness is that in that same place within me, I find generosity, humility, the desire for true connection, belonging, And energetically, it feels, instead of like rigidity and posturing and seeking for control, it feels soft and awake and curious and alive. And like there's a little bit of the danger of the wild woven into that place because there's no illusion of safety there only presence which feels risky exposed the way it feels to sleep outside on a winter night and so this is why I haven't had much to say because the voices who've come here to this podcast have been collected on the battlefield within and there was no voice that had emerged yet after that reaping but today for the first time in weeks there is a new voice emerging, a glowing ember, a desire for connection from a deeper place, a more unguarded place. When we practice magic or witchcraft, when we practice wart cunning or plant knowing, we are empowering ourselves. And in my own practice, I'm finding that false power is actually really dangerous. And I have fallen prey to false power inside myself and outside myself for far too long. 
and I will not speak from a place of false power here or anywhere else. As a witch, I know that pain is real, that death is real, and that we do not command it. And when we open ourselves to the archetypal work of deity like the Morrigan, we have to trust where that guides us, which may be into places we don't want to go. And so when that happens, having a community of support is so important. And that's really been what's made it safe for me to let go of these old pieces of myself. I've had the support of my therapist. I've had the support of my spiritual director. I've had the support of my husband and family, my coven. And I know I'm not alone. And I don't have to pretend to pretend to know anything that I don't know, to pretend to be anything that I'm not, to pretend to have power that I don't have. A few weeks ago, I made holy water with vervain and sage and sea salt and rose water. And in that act of imbuing water with the energies of groundedness, but flow, action, and receptiveness, beauty, and transformation. It was like the waters inside me received the same blessing. This seems to me to be the real work of witchcraft, that however we act upon the world, we are also acting upon our inner world. Whenever we garner the forces of the universe to affect a change outside of us, we're also affecting change inside of us. When we do workings for peace, we end wars within us. A yellow jacket is buzzing all around me. I can feel the humming of his wings, energetically recalibrating my whole being. His time has grown short. He's slow in his movements and deliberate. That's how I feel now. As these last vestiges of a persona that I've built up over years know that their time is ending. The warning frost has come. I feel slow and deliberate tentative, the way a snake might feel with its fresh skin emerging after a shed. Everything feels more textured, more contrasted, more real, because it's not filtering through established, reactive, patterns, but instead it's coming into me to meet 
deeper parts of myself that have been hidden away and protected by these defenses, attempts at control, attempts at knowing the unknowable. And now these parts of self that are comfortable in mystery, that are comfortable with unknowing, with the need for help, with the reality of my mediocrity. It's like they're seeing the world for the first time, unimpeded. They don't have to peek around defense mechanisms, but instead are invited into the experience, which makes everything feel fresh and revelatory. So though I am slow and tentative and tender, I sense that what is emerging in this place is stronger than I could ever imagine. Stronger because I don't need to be at war with anything, inside me or outside me. I have nothing to prove to you or to myself. I'm just another person another witch, another plant lover, like you, a being of stardust and ancient light who find ourselves in these advanced animal bodies and straining ourselves to understand what it means to be here, how to find the beauty in it all. and stop perpetuating the pain as much as we can, but to move in grace with the pain that comes upon us and to move decisively for justice in all the places where we can, not out of performative posturing, but from a place of true love and reverence for life. I don't have the answers about how to do that, but I can feel the threads that weave us together, all of us who want that so deeply, and I can feel the more again, collecting the shells of selves that we've brought to the battle, that we were convinced were the right way to win it, to be the victor, to appear a certain way so we could be protected and she says no more of that because that just perpetuates the war let me gather up those pieces those shards of selves so you can find a real way forward and I know we can only do that together and when we are moving from a place that allows us to be whole, that allows us to be afraid and strong, that allows us to have needs and gifts to give, that allows us to honor limits and push our limits. When we pretend, we can't feel into those truths. We're imprisoned by the masks we wear and that any solutions we create 
just uphold those old ways of being, those old masks. I don't know about you, but I'm giving mine up. They don't really protect us anyway. They just convince us of things that aren't true. I'll close this podcast episode with a prayer to the Morrigan from thegoddesstree.com. Morrigan, Morrigan, three times three, hear the words I ask of thee. Grant me vision, grant me power, cheer me in my darkest hour. As the night overtakes the day, Morrigan, Morrigan, light my way. Morrigan, Morrigan, raven queen, round and round the hawthorn green. Queen of beauty, queen of art, yours my body, yours my heart. All my trust I place in thee, Morrigan, Morrigan, be with me. If you would like to support the podcast, you can find a link at plantwitchpodcast.com. Or you can go directly to Patreon at patreon.com slash the rebel herbalist. We welcome your financial support and we also welcome your participation in this vibrant community of humans who are working together to rejoin the web of life. The audio that you hear for the intro and outro of this podcast is the song Vikings by Alan Gray. Thank you for joining me for the Plant Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Schrader. I'm an herbalist, a mother, a holistic nurse, and a practitioner of the ancient ways. You can connect with me between episodes at therebelherbalist.com or on Instagram and Facebook, The Rebel Herbalist. Thank you for joining me.